I love to explore and see trend lines the Holy Spirit is developing in his people today. One of those seems to be a resurgence of an ancient spiritual practice traced back to the third century called Lectio Divina, scripture reading, meditation, and prayer, tuning our spirit to pick up God's voice signature. And now we have a resource, Lectio Divina for Kids. Hey there, friend. Welcome to Jesus Smart, the podcast. There's smart and there's Jesus Smart. We believe that Jesus is brilliant beyond imagination, the best information, wisdom for our lives, and he has the best narrative to plug our life story into, the best story in human history, and it's still being written. This is episode nine. I'm excited. Leonard Sweet talks about ancient futurist, the young generations coming up who want to reach back into history for a sense of rootage in the Christian faith, but they're also futurist. I think that this resource, Lectio Divina for Kids, fits right into that space that Leonard Sweet is referring to. There's nothing like it that we know of. Today's guests have adapted this powerful spiritual practice dating back to the third century, and they've adapted it for kids. But here's the brilliance of it. It's not dumbed down. Adults are benefiting from it too. After all, Jesus said we must be born again, to start again, a second childhood, if you will. And that is the hope that we have. He said to enter the kingdom, we must become as children. Listen in on this powerful conversation about Lectio Divina for kids and the restoration of an ancient spiritual practice in our time, which is getting a lot of traction in the body of Christ. Okay, we are really motivated to bring you this episode. This is a unique topic, the restoration of spiritual disciplines, not in adults, but we can touch on that too, but children, recapturing the classical spiritual disciplines for children so that they can learn to pick up the voice signature of God, learn how to hear God, and learn how to be spiritually formed in their their childhood. Uh, one of the books that made a big impact on me is Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline. He opens up his book by saying the curse of our age is superficiality. We live in a shallow time. And if you're going to run with God, if you're going to press deeply into his kingdom, we have to get deeper. I think the psalmist says deep calls unto deep. We have two kingdom ladies with us today who've developed a devotional specifically. They've developed a process and a resource that takes kids through a, a journey where they use concepts from the classical Lectio Divina to inspire kids to slow down and to begin to hear God through through his word. If you're an adult, obviously, if you're a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a teacher, a grandparent, you're going to want to hear this. However, if you're just an adult, you're going to want to hear it because Jesus said we must become a child <laughs> to enter the kingdom. And you're probably going to have takeaways from this. Harriet Maurer um, lives in Amherst, Ohio, USA with her husband, Bill. She was married in 1967, has three married children, seven grandchildren. She's held many positions over the years, including a piano teacher, music teacher, gift basket designer, a children, women's pastor, along with her husband, Pastor Bill Maurer. They pastored for many years, a four-square church in the Cleveland area, Cleveland, Ohio. She's also been a district supervisor with the four-square church, I think covering several states. She's now a leadership coach, right? A life-forming leadership coach. 
And uh, she plays the piano, plays the clarinet, loves bike riding, tennis, hockey, basketball, and watching football. Are you an NFL fan, Harriet? <laughs> you know, I love football, yes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes. When we were first mar married, my, my, my wife was not like that, but she has become a hardcore NFL <laughs> fan. I mean, it's, it's kind of scary. Um, her favorite, her life verse is John 10.10, 10, that Jesus has come to give us abundant life. We also have a special guest with her, Beck Tobar, who's from Sydney, Australia. And it's these two, Beck and Harriet, who have um, co-partnered on this project. She was married in 1998. Is it, is it Christian? Okay, Christian, her husband's name. They have three children, Caleb, Silas, and Ella. And Beck has been an elementary school teacher for close to 20 years, as well as serving in different ministry roles. She's now the executive pastor at Hope Point Church in Sydney. She plays piano, guitar, loves softball, hockey, basketball, going swimming in the summer. And her life verse is Ephesians 3.20. What's that one say? Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that, I've, all that we can think or imagine God is able to do. I'm just going to mention their website. We'll mention it at the beginning, but it's called mystartjournal.com. Ladies, what is this project about? I understand it's a 52-week devotional journey for kids that's using Lectio Divina. Yes, it is. Lectio Divina was first uh, be, first began in the third century A.D., so it's long before the church, and uh, it was uh, founded by desert fathers and mothers who escaped tribulation. And while they were in the desert, God met with them, and uh, they at that time began Lectio Divina. Now, since then, it's kind of been buried in in Christian literature or whatever. And it's just risen again, I'd say in the last probably 20 years especially, and probably before that. So it's really a way of engaging the scriptures. You know, we say many times, and you've heard this also, Brian, that the... Um, that we can read the scriptures for information. But with Electio Divina, you read the scriptures for transformation. Mm, I like that. I love that. Is is this concept of Lectio Divina, this this really church history tradition, right? Yes. With the early church. Definitely. Um, is it part of the larger movement of restoration of spiritual disciplines in our lives? Yes, absolutely. It is. It's one of the key disciplines. And I think the reason why it is is because it brings us to the word of the Lord and rather than reading many chapters a day in our devotional life, we read just a few verses, but we read them slowly. And, uh, you know, there are books out now, Sacred Slow is one of them, you know, and Unhurried Living, that we try to get back to the yeah. slow part of life. And that's exactly what Electio forces us to do, because we read it slowly. And we found that when we read the scriptures slowly, the impact of us remembering it and connecting with mm. it is much stronger. And we read it slowly more than once. More than once, you really meditate in it and let, yes. it, let it saturate uh, yes. saturate in the thoughts and words of God. I just kind of thought of a phrase as you said that. What did you say? Sacred slow, that book title? That's a, yes. that's a great phrase. Yes. Sacred slow is the new fast with God. I just kind of <laughs> thought, thought of that phrase, that if you really want to accelerate with God. Right, right. Because we're kind of running like hamsters, aren't we? In a hamster wheel. Yes, and we are. So much noise and so much uh, media inputs into our lives, and it crowds out the voice of God. How are you finding this uh, resource being received by families and children so far? You know, it's being received amazingly well because parents are seeing their children responding. And so one of the things, responding to the Word, and when that happens in a child's life and a parent sees it, wow, there's that deep inner joy that our, our kids are on the right track. When Beck and I first began this, we really had a vision 
if this would be for children, it, it would be, in a sense, what we could see as young Samuels being raised up. When Eli said to Samuel, go back to bed, it's not me calling you, it's the yeah. Lord. And when he said to the Lord with, with Samuel's um, coaching, he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So we really believe that when, when children are listening and they say, in essence, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, that we are raising up Samuels. Samuel, of course, had a long prophetic career, right? Yes. A major prophetic voice that yes. affects us to this day through the Old Testament, right? That's right. But he learned that in his childhood, right? That's how correct. To, how to yes. tune his ear to hear. That's right. And so you're saying this Lectio Divina is a, is a spiritual practice that is set within a larger tradition of the classical spiritual disciplines, like, right. like Richard Foster would write about in Celebration of Discipline, you know, right. silence, meditation, prayer, retreat, various spiritual disciplines. Um, but you're bringing it to children. I mean, let's just do a bit of market analysis, if we could, right here. Um, <laughs> okay. Is, is, the, is there anything in the market like this right now? Well, we've checked them just okay. to see as we were beginning, and we couldn't find any. All the Lecto Divinas we found were scriptures for adults. Mm -hmm. We found nothing. Great devotionals, but nothing that would cause them to stop and listen. So in the MyStart, we have an acronym called START. S is for the scripture that Miss Penny directs them to. And then the uh, T is for think about that. Hmm, what does that mean mm -hmm. to you, that, that scripture, that word or phrase that they pick out and then the a is anything you want to ask god about this and then the r is rest and we set the timers for two minutes so they can close their eyes and listen to hear what god is speaking to them and then after the rest they write in a word for example that's that is uh god is my and they they put a word in now here's the interesting thing i think about this is that it's a metaphor you know, and so the, the words we've been receiving from kids, for example, God is my uh, microphone. God is my farmer after doing the good seed in the soils. And they listen and hear those things. And when they do, what happens is that that understanding that I heard this from the Lord. Then they tell someone. And in the telling of it, they confirm what God has said and the adult does as well. So that's the pattern that that we've been using. So the testimony of it, the telling of it, really helps to solidify it That's in them, right? right? And it they really begin does. to own it, becomes really part of their it really identity. Does. And it honors them because then when an adult listens, oh, that's an amazing word. And when they hear that and the, and the kid says, wow, I really, I really did hear from God. Now in publishing and sometimes in curriculum, even for churches, it can have a pop feel to it, like pop, almost like a it's not quite going substantive enough. I mean, we're, we're grateful for other children's devotionals, but typically, what do they do? What's, what's, the, what's the typical template in, a, in, a, yeah, in what you see in the marketplace yeah, right now? I think the format is usually a verse of scripture and a story to go with it and then a prayer to close with. So there's not the slowing down part. There's not the deeper internalization and right Well, prayer. that's what we found. You can do a lot with any time the word is there, correct? Yeah. But this is deliberately slowing down and listening, right? You were an elementary school teacher for close to 20 years, so I think you probably have a good, a good pulse on children and what's happening in our time. Could you speak to the issue? I'm, I'm curious about noise, overwhelming media inputs in children's lives. Yeah. What, what, what is, I, you know, I, I, I joke with our kids, you know, I grew up and the phone was on the wall with a cord, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but, but what, <laughs> what's happening today on this, on this front? Yeah. Well, you know what? Kids really young, uh, getting YouTube channels, they got their own channels, doing all kinds of things, 24 seven media all the time. And 
So it's really important to teach them to hear his voice through the noise. The world isn't getting softer. And so they have to, they have yes. to be able to recognize his voice through it all. Um, and when we began this project, I was piloting. I still teach one day a week. I'm, okay. I'm at the church four days a week, but I'm at teaching one day a week just to get my head a little bit out of church world. Oh, that's, and, that's healthy. Uh, yeah. And if so, I can say that. Yeah. In the classroom that I'm in, I was doing devotions with a grade four class. And we were doing a lectio together and, and they rested. They waited two minutes and then... Uh, we have an open enrollment policy in our schools. So we have a lot of different families from different religious backgrounds, different, you know, it's a Christian school, but they're from different kind of backgrounds. Okay. And so one of the boys put up his hand and, and he said he'd like to share what God had, you know, what he felt like God had spoken to him as he rested. And uh, with tears streaming down his face, he said, I really heard God say, God is my savior. Now it sounds like a church word to us, doesn't it? God is my savior. But for him, he's from a Buddhist family. And so wow. for him to just take a little bit of time to listen. Yeah. And he heard God is my savior. It wasn't a churchy word. He wasn't used to using those words. Yeah, for him, it wouldn't be a churchy word. He's, he's in tears. Well, then I'm in tears. Then gives, gives me an opportunity just to pray with him. And it, that can't be taken away from him. It was his own fresh revelation. He's in grade four. Uh, this was all his. And we've seen time and time again, even with my own family, you know, as pastors and leaders, sometimes we can disciple everyone else's kids and forget to disciple our own. And I have a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Mm. And for us, Monday night is my start night. And we sit around the table. We have dinner together. We're a busy family. My husband's in the corporate sector and, mm -hmm. and we're busy. We're sports, music, piano, the whole thing, you know, it's crazy. And so just one night a week, Monday night is my start night. We have dinner together. We get the journals out and for 15 minutes, we'll do the journal around the table. You know, it wasn't easy at first to press the stop, you know, stop on everything for a couple of minutes and to Were there any withdrawal listens. symptoms like children shaking or, <laughs> right. or, or were you shaking? The, you know, <laughs> the wiggling that may have been ice cream to coax them to sit. Oh, okay. um, but Whatever yeah, it takes. there was uh. this whole thought of teaching them to sit and listen. And the things that we've discovered as a family, as we sit once a week and process, you know, we do it as adults, we do it with them. We have our own same journal as they do. And as we do it around the table, um, my husband will get God is my provider. And I'll say to him, what do you mean by that? And he'll be able to say, you know what? It's a tough time, you know, with this right now. And I'm just really relying on God to come through. And his boys are watching that. Our, our little girl's watching him uh, grow in yeah, his faith strong, yeah. right in front of them. And so then when they face things, they know where their dad turns to. And yeah, it's like a family mantle at that point. Right, they're like building a, that in their in, lives. Impartation of yeah, a, a, a really a family DNA, right? A kingdom DNA that's yeah. transmitted to. And the we've next sown into young people, and we were youth pastors for a long time, and kids pastors. We've sown into lots of kids, uh, all different ages, and now very involved with young adults and training leadership development. And so we, you know, I, I disciple nine girls right now. My husband meets with a couple of guys. We're sowing into a lot of people, and we realized. We can do all that, and the three precious people yeah. that live in our house, we can forget. And so this has been such a transformative yeah. process for us as a family. Even before we think about, so then as a church, our our church board journals for there for the kids and said, hey, you're going to go ahead and do this at home. And that was a crazy idea because normally a church would buy it and we're going to keep the resource 
But we said, no, we're going to invest into families. And, or maybe a kid doesn't have a mom and dad and the family, you know, families look all different these days. And yeah. so sometimes it's doing it with a small group leader or with a, um, you know, a coach from school or, you know, it looks all different for different people. But yeah, that investment into... So you gave the families this resource free. We gave it to them to free. To get them going. Yeah, to get them going. Them, and yeah. then the kids' uh, leaders have developed curriculum around the key verse and the thought. So if the thought for that week was kindness, they take that and they expand on that on the Sunday. And it's been amazing. So it's really sourced in the local church. I mean, you're obviously a core part of a local assembly, a local church. And I love things that come out of local churches, you know. Instead, of, I mean, I'm thankful for, like, parachurch and ministries that don't seem to really be sourced in a local church but there's something powerful i i i think that the church is god's chief tool in this age right and it's like rooted in that and flowing out of it but you're reaching into the homes would you say that really our ministry to others and to the world it it starts in the home yeah it starts in the marriage and in the home and flows out absolutely into the community at large yeah absolutely just this last six months my husband's work had a whole big major restructure and so he was facing um you know some decisions about work for our boys to watch not just boys but we all watched how he processed you know god is my strength and god is my shepherd and god is my guide yes it was powerful i mean we can tell our kids well god is my guide but when they see the fresh word of the lord to us is instructional to our hearts yeah it's amazing there's a different level of impartation when it's coming out of that right authentic life but not only that the just to communicate to our kids that you know what we do this with a lot of other people but you're our first priority and we're going to stand before god one day and he's going to say hey how did you lead ella how did you lead caleb and how did you lead silas and i want to say that i've done that well yeah it's a noisy time and you know there's this thing in science called the signal to noise ratio i don't know if you ever have heard of this phrase but signal to noise ratio like in electronics or in science and spiritually if our ratio is wrong if the noise is so loud and we cannot hear the signature voice of god the, the signal you know and if our kids can't, and then later on, as they get a little older, there's so much on the line. They're making decisions about marriage and families and careers, you know. By that point, ideally, we want them to be finely tuned to the voice signature of God, right? Yeah, and I think if, you know, when Harriet first invited me on to do this project with her, the thought came to me that if I was going to pass on one legacy to my kids it would be that they could hear his voice because my voice will fade. I'm not going to always be there in every decision they make yep. as they grow. The one thing that if they can hear his voice and they can distinguish his way above everything else and they can make sure that it lines up with the word of God. And that's what I love about the My Start Journal is that it has the rest, but then it has this extra part to it, the T, which is tell. And so that's a perfect opportunity for parents to guide kids because sometimes you know our kids can think all kinds of different things and so that tell allows us to make sure that what they're hearing lines up with the word of God and yeah gets them on the right track absolutely and you know Samuel that boy Samuel in the Bible he's a great template for this isn't he that story that account of you know we know about the great prophet Samuel and he even speaks to us today the inspired scriptures of his you know his life he learned early on didn't he yes he um what was that account, Harriet? He, he was sleeping or in the middle of the night or something, right. and he was hearing a voice. And, 
And then who was it? The priest was training Eli, him? Eli, right. Eli, right. too. He thought it was Eli's voice. He thought and it was Eli's voice. Yeah, yes. He kept coming to Eli. What do you want, yes, right? Yes, what, what are you saying? Yes. And he just said, go back to bed. And then finally, the third time, he said, he knew God may be speaking to this young kid, which he wow. was. Yeah. So the older generation is recognizing the younger generation is beginning to hear the voice of yes. God Amen. and is helping to facilitate that mm. and coach them in that. You know, Brian, there's a, uh, a gal, She's her name is Julie, and she and her husband are planting a church near Columbus. And I just got an email from her last week. So they bought the journals for all of their kids, and their youngest son is a special needs son. And her prayer was, oh, I long for him to hear from the Lord like my other children do. I long for him to have the relationship that, mm-hmm. that they have. And in his own way, of course. So she wasn't sure about using the journal with him, but she started. And as she did, she found that something in her own heart changed as she observed him. And that was that she had always thought that he just had no emotion that they, he would seem emotionless about a lot of things, whereas the other kids would laugh about something, okay. and he would be silent or stoic even or cry, and he just didn't have many emotional responses. Yeah. But she said this, and this is what just, oh, it, it still, uh, you know, brings me to tears when she said, Harriet, when I started doing the Lectio with him, his emotions came alive. And when it came to the tell part, after he rested and listened to God, that he would cry or he would laugh. Wow. Both of those, as he would tell me who God is to him. And she said, oh, it's totally changed my understanding of how God has made him, realizing there are no boundaries to who God wants to speak to. Now, Harriet, you're a life-forming leadership coach right now, right? You also have many years of pastoral experience and helping people with their spiritual formation. What, What do you think was happening in that child? Well, I think there is something that came alive with what only the Word can do. What can reach our emotions more than when someone testifies about what Jesus has done in them? Yeah. I mean, it touches us. You know, we laugh, we cry, we, you know, we have sympathy, we have uh, great joys, whatever it might be. And it just seems as though that when someone responds to the Word of the Lord, there's something that's igniting in all of us. It's quickening. Yes. And we think of that verse word. like in Hebrews 4.12, right? The Word yes. of God is alive and active yeah, and yes. sharper, and it yes. separates the soul and yeah, the spirit isn't of the body. Isn't that a great story? Oh, it's a, oh yeah. it is. Yeah. It's a great story. There's life in the Word. Right. And it's like Beck's young Buddhist friend in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. And like this little kid, doesn't that show us already just the two stories? And there are thousands and millions of them beyond what we know. A teacher that I follow says, read the written word until you hear the voice of the living word coming mm, to you through the written good, word. Yes. What do you What do you think of that statement? I love it because Dietrich Bonhoeffer says something very similar Did he to say that. It? Okay, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he stole it from them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if it's the same, exactly the same one, but he says this, God, read the word until it really makes its home in you. And when it's really alive and at home in you, that's that's the that's what God's intention. So even reading are. the written word, even like we may first start. I mean, let's be honest. On a given day, I'm a big word guy, but on a given day, I may not feel so great starting to read the word. It may feel flat. I may not really be inspired. Sure. I may not sure. even want to do it. Who knows? Yeah. But as we engage it and stay with it, it begins to come alive. Yes. If we just give, give God half a chance, it seems that's His so voice true. will start coming coming to it through us. Now you may be an adult and think, well, I'm not a child. Listen, when you're born again, you become a child again. You're born again, right? And Jesus said that you must be as a child to enter the kingdom. 
And you may not have even had a start like this early in life with somebody helping you to hear God's voice or taking you through an excellent process like this. But this can be this can be adult onset, right, Harriet? You can Absolutely. start anytime. One dad who also does it with his family said this, thanks for not dumbing it down. Because <laughs> he said, we, our whole family has gotten something with this. I am energized about this. I think we need to catch this wave. I think we can rediscover our own childlike ability to hear and to believe at high levels by engaging this process intergenerationally. One of the keys that we want to see restored is this dynamic synergy and potency when generations engage each other in authentic relationship and body ministry. Visit mystartjournal.com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast. It helps others find the content. Visit jesussmart.com to see show note pages and extra resources. Remember, with Jesus, the horizon is bright and brilliant. Until next time. Wow, wow, wow.